0: Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and welcome to this 24th episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Carrum. This is a show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts, to be more authentically connected with themselves and with others. And as the little promo said, I'm Peter Anthony. I'm here with my co-host...
1: Steve Angel, good day, Steve. Thank you for letting me <laughs> say my own name there, Peter. <laughs> in case you forget
0: I missed it up a few weeks ago and called you Peter. An- uh, Steve, Stephen, Steve Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> <You did. laughs> we get confused as to who we are. Um, anyhow, look, uh, we're going to introduce our special guest shortly, but mm. the topic we're discussing today, Steve, is mm. finding hope in times of uncertainty, which seems to be a highly relevant topic. Anyhow, how how are you uh, today, Steve? Anyway, I am super. Super, super yeah. Oh, like that. That's a different one. It is a different one. Define isn't super. It? Why why are you feeling super?
1: I'm feeling happy. Like I'm feeling happy. Things are going well, um, and I'm just enjoying the moment at the moment.
0: That's good. Good, good. good. Yeah. Um, and you? Yeah, I'm. Are uh, you super? Uh, oh, super yeah, not a bad word. I would <laughs> go with that. But I think we. Uh, I'm also a little bit reflective. I've been thinking a lot about this particular topic and uh, what uh, our guest Joe's got to share with us. But um, uh, having last year went through uh, cancer myself, I found uh, what Joe's got to share with us and his journey and the way he's handled that has been very uplifting and inspirational mm. so uh, yeah I'm very much um, expected and looking forward to today's show um, do you want to introduce our guest Steve I certainly do actually
1: I met Joe a little bit of a backstory here Joe and I actually met each other at Franks and Toastmasters mm-hmm. I do remember Joe coming in for their very first night and Joe is an, he's got so much energy about him, and uh, I remember just how open he was when he was, when he was sharing his story. Um, and ever since then, Joe and I have uh, remained uh, close. We have worked together in various forms. Um, he has just, he's got this passion to help other people. So, look, enough of me introducing him. Why don't I just get him to introduce himself as well? Joe Batmutsky, um, welcome to the show. Well thanks so much for having me
2: guys. I'm just so excited <laughs> to be here. And you know, I've, i I guess I haven't always had it easy in life and in some ways I still don't, but I'm incredibly grateful yeah. for yeah. what yeah. it is yeah. that I have. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the this what I try to bring in, in into this world to live in with hope and I guess trying to remind, you know, myself and everyone I meet that we're all capable
1: of incredible things and that's what's driving me on. So tell us, Joe, tell us a little about who you are, who you are, what you do. Describe yourself to the listeners. I'm a passionate person and I love
2: just living with purpose, mm-hmm. living in this moment, having something that, you know, aspiring to make a difference for, what it is that I believe in? And I believe in living with hope, in living with happiness, in living a more fulfilled, and purposeful life and I believe that it is especially vital for those of us who have been through the struggle or maybe living with the struggle today mm-hmm. I believe it is so vital for us to connect with that so that's what I'm about and thank you again for having me oh, great. Yeah. But
0: have you always had this passion and this like just watching you in the studio here there's, there's this energy that comes through on this uh, conviction Um, Have you always been like this?
2: No, there's been a lot of soul searching. (laughs) And I know that's what you guys know so much about. Um, But yeah, it's been a lot of soul searching and been a lot of self-discovery and understanding what it is that is important in my life Mm -hmm. and what it is that isn't. And I really believe that that is so vital, especially for us guys today, is having those boundaries to understand what is right for you but also what isn't. And when you know what isn't right for you, I think that makes things a lot easier.
0: Okay. Um, well, perhaps before we get into uh, the, the topic in, in, uh, in the, properly, uh, perhaps you could just explain a bit more about yourself and where you come from. And from your accent, uh, people can tell that you're not um, um, Australian-born as such. So, do you want to tell us about where you came from and uh, all that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was born and grew up in Ukraine, and now it's… Very topical these days. Very topical these days. And that's what's happening in Ukraine, of course, right now is um, incredibly difficult for Mm -hmm. me, or I think anyone with with my heritage, uh, who we have family and friends over there. But for me, you know, Ukraine is… When I think about Ukraine today… I think about growing up, and to me, it's 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 family. You know, it's family. It's it's connection. For me, it's it's my grandfather who, who's you know picking me up from kinder, and he he's you know leading me by the hand, and I just I remember this moment. Where, you know, it's like a sweltering hot day, and and he's leading me to the bus stop. So I assume he hasn't done this often so it was a special moment for me. I remember we get on the bus and everyone's just is sitting there going, Oh, like it was this is terribly mm-hmm. hot weather. But I remember he makes starts making these little comments about, you know, this game there was this big soccer game tonight. And everyone she's just he just lights everyone up and everyone is just there and all of a sudden everyone's smiling and talking. And he kind of just brings me into it. And I know that it's all for me. Like those memories just, just yeah, just my my my
1: family it's that's what really just yeah lights me up that's what i mm-hmm. guess <laughs> ukraine is
2: about for me mm-hmm. yeah.
1: so when did when did you come to australia how old were you
2: so i was a, i was a teenager i was i was fifteen uh, and so that was yeah it was it's a fun time you know in many different ways
1: mm. And what was it like growing up in a very different country, I would assume, from, you know, Ukraine back then, and to sort of Australia here in what it would have been the, was it the 80s or 90s for you? What, what it, it was 90s. 90s. So, um, yeah, explain, explain the cultural difference for you. What did you experience? How did you feel?
2: Yeah, it's, well, I grew up really, it was the, the, the crumbling empire of the Soviet Union. I saw it, you know, burned to ashes, Ukraine reborn, you know, from that place. And on a personal level, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. That's part of the reason why we left, because there was, there was food shortages, you had to queue up for basic things, you have to, to stand up in a queue to get you know, bread to get meat to get cheese, and, and you know, I remember coming to Australia, and and one of my formative moments was standing in an aisle of supermarket, and was and looking at an aisle of cheese, and I remember <laughs> it those a profoundly, you know, earth shattering experience because I was looking at this, and I was thinking man why is this, first of all who would need so much different <laughs> cheese and it also struck me also about that well is this really fair that you know this here with people we, we have all this cheese and over there there's no cheese over there and it's just it was it was a moment where you know i i guess i
1: I was shook up by life and how different it all is. you know? I can imagine that, that sort of that visual of just seeing an aisle full of cheese and just knowing that somewhere you know in your history and your family would have been waiting to see where they could even get a block of cheese. That would have been, that would have been very profound, actually it is it's just it's it's
2: it shakes you up and it's and so for me you know coming coming to australia it was a a a, a beautiful experience because this is this is a home and this is truly i believe the best country in the world but yeah that at the time when i was a teenager it was tough and i remember like at one point uh, you know because this is them when you're going through a lot of change anyway and for me at the time i remember i felt i felt alone because i was in a new place and I, I didn't have friends i didn't have family and at one point i i was so down on myself i i i was i just couldn't get out of bed i couldn't get out of the house i felt so drained of energy i couldn't get out of bed i was lying in bed like for days and days and, and i think it was weeks but at one point i i managed to drag myself out of bed and i went for a walk i went th- th- for a walk and i found myself in this in this little park uh, and it was like a like a bench there. it was nothing special it, it wasn't a beautiful place but I remember i sat myself down and i just kind of kept looking at the world i looked at the world around me i looked at the trees I looked at the wind shaking the leaves, I looked at the these this blades of grass, and something something opened up for me. I felt that this is that this is the world, and I'm one part of it. I'm mm-hmm. part of something greater than me, mm-hmm. and that sense of being at one in the mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. that moment of of infinite beauty. I want to say. And, and has connection. Like, and connection. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. connection to something was giving me the strength to to, to just keep going, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's so
0: something as simple as just going to a park and just being open to experience what's going on at that moment.
1: Exactly. it's yeah. I, I didn't ask for it. It's just going to happen. And you're know? open to it. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. What led you to that moment to find that connection? What was happening to you beforehand that you felt so low and so isolated and... And didn't want to take yourself out of bed. What 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 happened there? It was
2: it was a struggle of being alone. I've just been uh, I just had you know this this amazing experience overseas with my cousins and my family, and I felt connected. And all, all of a sudden, I went. I, I found myself on world where I was missing all of that. I was missing because I haven't made those connections yet, mm-hmm. and and I didn't feel that I belonged. And this is something that you know, I believe in today so much is finding a place in life that you feel that you truly belong. And until you find that, I think it's it's a difficult place to be. And that sense of belonging, it could be it could be a friends, it could be a cause that you believe in. It it you know, it could be a group of people, it could be an idea. But when you find that, that that's what starts to feel more like home. That's what starts to feel like you. And that's what I think compels us to to, to live a better life, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and in since you've been here, you've had a probably a couple of things that have gone on in your life that have uh, been um, upsetting. Um, do you want to share with us uh, some of the things you've had to confront over the time you've been here in Australia?
2: Well, I also had a, few, a lot of beautiful things. Mm-hmm.
0: But one of the things that I guess,
2: for me, stands out today is this whole idea of mental health. Mm-hmm. I uh, One of the ways that I was just confronted by it was that it made me realize in my late 20s, so this mm-hmm. is um, you know, more than a decade ago now, was that I have anxiety, and for most of my life, mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. I started experiencing panic attacks from when I was about thirteen. I remember this moment we were on holiday, and I remember this moment. I, all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was like I was dragged under water, like I, I was choking. I was suffocating. You know, I remember my mom called out in this ambulance. And we had no idea what was going on. And the ambulance, they, they took me in. They gave me this oxygen. And over time, I got better. But no one really kind of, they said, well, it sounds like you're okay. And so I kept having these these panic attacks and all sorts of different, you know, weird things with my kind of with, in my head. And I just thought I was weird because nobody knew what it was. And so for many years, I got really good at at, at putting on... A look that everything was under control mm-hmm. where sometimes inside I felt like I was just, everything in my head it was just exploding about to burst and I think it took uh, I remember I was uh, there was some kind of a mental health awareness uh, program that I was listening to or watching I remember thinking, hold on a second this sounds like me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this this sounds a lot like me and that was, started this kind of journey of of personal discovery. Hold on a second. This this is a real thing, and it made me feel a lot more normal. Right? Because all up to that point, I thought I was a freak,
0: <laughs> and here the I am. The only one that had these particular yeah. I'm things. the only
2: one, or, or maybe everyone is like this, and it just. Mm. So how
0: did you how did you tackle that, and how did you overcome those uh, feelings?
2: Well, the, the the sense of knowing what it is mm-hmm. has allowed me to go and this. Um, over the span of years to change my, my habits. I've spent, you know, through various times of my life, I haven't been living a healthy life. I've been to a place where I've, I've gone through, through uh, al- alcohol abuse, substance abuse, heavy smoking, you know, and, and I didn't realize that it was always pulling me further and further away. From like, feeling good. And I realized that a lot of the way of living with anxiety, with panic attacks, is, 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 is not through medication, but through living a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And making those changes took a lot of time yeah. <laughs> and a lot of effort. But it put me in a place where I feel like I'm in control of it, and it's not controlling me.
0: Mm. In, your, uh, in your 30s, another major event happened would you like to tell us about that
2: <laughs> yes absolutely so at the time in my thirties i was actually i was at the at that point in time really at the best point of my life i mean mm-hmm. i i, mm-hmm.
0: I you'd I, been doing a lot of work on yourself and it sounds as if you'd really turned things around
2: yeah yeah exactly i was i was doing a lot of things around i i, I changed careers at that mm-hmm. point to be doing something that i was I was enjoying I, I met the woman i love we 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 have it the child, my son at the time, my first son at the time. And so everything was going well. And I was just, I was just enjoying life. And, and mm-hmm. I was just in the shower one night. I was getting myself clean until uh, I, my hand reached down. And I felt, I felt this lump. Mm-hmm. I felt this lump on my testicle. And in that moment, like this, this cold shudder just went right through me. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, I realized, I realized, like, why for weeks i felt like my my underwear like shrunk Mm -hmm. several sizes (laughs) if you're a man you know that's not a good feeling (laughs) i felt like it was the explanation for why for weeks i felt like everything around my groin was like weird and Mm -hmm. off and i didn't know what Mm -hmm. what was going on and so in that moment like i just i was like ah this yo this is this This is is not right Mm -hmm. this isn't right Mm -hmm. it was it was like uh, it was like that moment in in the aliens you know when mm. when this, this yeah. <laughs> uh, when, you know this person realizes you know there's this is yeah. monster inside you yeah. and so i felt so helpless at the same time but i did the only smart thing i could do which was the next day i raced to the doctors mm-hmm. and uh, and from then on things happened quite quickly because i i before i knew it i was out for tests and end up at the urologist who sat me down and said you know, after examination and looking at this, he said, Joe, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but this is definitely cancer. Mm-hmm. And my life changed. Changed. Again. Changed.
0: Changed again.
1: Yeah. Again. <laughs> again, yeah.
0: yeah. So how, how how did the diagnosis and, and the subsequent tr- treatment, how did that change you and how did it make you feel, particularly feel as a man? It's, you
2: know, uh, one of the shocks, uh, the initial shock was when I was, you know, when I walked out of the urologist office, I remember they gave me all this bunch of papers for, for the hospital and for more tests. And I remember just standing there, like, and feeling just so numb.
1: I remember mm-hmm. just standing there going, is this for real? It's like, just a very common reaction. Is not it? Mm-hmm. It's very common, yeah. I hear yes, yeah, yeah. I was like,
2: is this really happening? And then I was like, why me? Mm. Because I've been a good person. (laughs) I don't deserve to have cancer. I mean, I know that it's a thing, but I thought it's something that happens to To other other people, people. Mm -hmm. right? I never thought it would happen to me. And then I was like, well, what happens now? Does this, like, you know, if I go through this, this operation, this chemotherapy, you know, there's, you know, no one, uh, there's no, no one gives you, first of all, a guarantee, right, that, mm-hmm. that it's going to work. And even if it, you know, if it does work, it's, it sounds pretty intense, will I still be able to, after that, will I still be able to uh, work? Will I be able to do stuff around home? Mm-hmm. Will I be able to have sex? Mm-hmm. And these are all the, questions that start spinning in your mind as a cancer patient, as a man, and in some ways they don't go away because all of these worries, they stay with you at the back of your mind. Did you get
0: any answers and what sort of support did you get generally from the system but also from your family and friends?
2: I was lucky to have some incredible support from my family, from my wife, from my mom, but I also want to speak to the fact that Mm -hmm. You know that there was some people, some some of my friends, frankly speaking, disappeared from my life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it was a difficult moment. I I, um, I know that this is not something that is often talked about because we are supposed to to talk about uh, how brilliant everyone is, but the reality is the difficult ch- the challenge is that a lot of the time, sometimes. People go missing our lives. And I had this weird thing, because we'll talk about, I guess, Simplify Cancer podcast at some point. But at one, I noticed that I was talking to people, you know, for the podcast interviewing. Sometimes I'm interviewing um, experts, but sometimes I'm interviewing cancer patients or survivors or caregivers. And they would say, well, and I would say, well, how was it for you? And, you know, what was the support mm-hmm. like? And everyone said, well, everyone is just so brilliant. And, you know, after the show, I would say, well, that's so great, because it wasn't really... Always my experience. People say, well, it wasn't like that for me either. I was like, well, well why did you <laughs> say that? I go, well, I, oh, I didn't want other people to be listening. I didn't want them to know. So it's a difficult topic. It's mm. a difficult topic. And sometimes I think we don't always bring the difficult topics up. No. Mm. And why do you think those people went missing? There's, there's a couple of things that I think sometimes uh, one of the reasons I believe is that. People, when you're in a difficult spot, mm. people don't know what is the right thing to say, what is the right thing to do. So sometimes for people, it's easier to do nothing at all because they don't want to feel stupid or, or insensitive. And so sometimes, unfortunately, they, they don't do it because that's why I believe we have to guide them. We have to guide people on what sort of support it is that you're really yeah, looking and, and for. And
0: having, having an honest conversation. Uh, with them about what you're looking for. Exactly. It's it's so
2: vital to tell people what you want them to do Mm. and to be as specific Mm. as possible because otherwise they have no idea.
0: Now, you obviously had some treatment and that was successful. Uh, uh, I'll ask a question. Um, How do you cope with the possibility of the cancer reappearing?
2: I'll tell you a story about this, Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I remember this, the the
2: first time, the first time, uh, I was oh, maybe the second time. One of the first times that I was about to you know, go for my regular checkup. Mm-hmm. And how and often was that that you? That was um, that was at the start. It was every month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then every three months, mm-hmm. then six months. So, uh, and by the way, that's what no one tells you, right, about cancer, that that it's not it's not that you go through treatment and it's like see ya <laughs> you know it's it's something that you live mm-hmm. with right and so for me i remember like especially the week or two leading up to this test mm-hmm. well uh, up to you know my specialist appointment i've done my tests mm-hmm. and i keep thinking because at the back of your mind you're thinking oh my goodness like what's going to happen is the cancer going to come back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know like then it's it's you know it's the salvage treatment it's it's you know mm-hmm. these things could mm-hmm. go really wrong I remember I was so worked up one night. I was just so on edge. I remember I had to get out of the house, and I remember like it was it was late at night, and I went out. Um, I had to go for a walk just to in my head. And where we live in France, we live, you know, we live next to these uh, kind of railway tracks, and there's a path that goes mm-hmm. right alongside. Mm-hmm. I remember just I'm walking on this path. And then and I, 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 I can only see like a few steps ahead of me, right? Because it's dark and there's <laughs> the moon in the sky. And I'm walking there, I'm thinking, well, what can I do? Like, what can I do about this old crazy cancer thing coming back? Well, nothing, right? Because it's, it's, it's like biology. It's, it's this random chance. I have no idea, right? But I thought, well, what is up to me? What is up to me in my life? And I thought, well, you know what? there's a lot that is up to me am i am i living my best life my best life in a way that makes sense for me mm-hmm. and and for me i thought that it's it really so i started to think about well, what does my best life look like because i thought if i can live my best life for me then i can deal with worry i can deal with uncertainty because there's only one small part of my life i can handle because I've got, I've got everything else under control. And that's what really changed it for me. And for me, I thought, you know, for me, the best as I was thinking about it then was, for me, I want to be to stand up for those four things that end up to the word best. For me, it's to be bold in my decisions. Mm-hmm. For me, it's to be excellent in what I'm doing. For it to be sustainable over the long term, and for it to be true to my values. Mm. And when I went through that, I started to really think about it I thought, Am I really being bold in my decisions? Mm -hmm. Am I really being excellent in what I'm doing? Is it sustainable over the long term? Am I really being true to my values? And I realized I'm not. I could do a lot better. And that's what prompted me to to change. And I said said to myself, you know what? Next time, for the next checkup, I want to make sure that I answer myself, that I have been living my best life. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps me. And I have this in my phone as a reminder this one question you know are you living your best life
0: hmm.
2: and and that's what prompts me to go you know what i have or i haven't but <laughs> lately i have mm-hmm. <laughs> so it feels good so i look at this and go yeah you know, I, that's what helps me and keeps me on track
0: okay so that, that whole experience then led you as i understand it. we had a conversation the other day the three of us which was really uh, really inspiring and what uh, what I found fascinating was having gone through all this you then set out to um, uh, document your own journey and what you've learned from that and what you could share with other men and and so on and you've developed a couple of books and everything so from out of this um, adversity and this great trauma that, that, that afflicted you um, you took a very positive um, um, path and uh, have subsequently been able to help a lot of people. Do you want to uh, just explain what you did um, in a nutshell? We'll go into a, bit of a little bit more detail after our next song, but just explain what you did. Because most people that have cancer don't do what you've done.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Pierre. I, I really appreciate you saying that. But for me, it, it was definitely a, a moment of, in a moment of desperation. Mm-hmm. I remember I came home after this treatment. I, I was in the hosp- hospital for a long time. I remember this moment coming home after chemo, after everything else. I, I still was waiting for results for, w- and would be for a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember I was so looking forward to coming back home and, and really just enjoying my life and, and you know, Simple pleasures of going to the toilet with your dog closed and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all those wonderful things. And so I remember like I, I, I missed all those things about home. So I remember I made myself a fresh cup of coffee. And I'm a bit of a coffee snob, Stephen, mm-hmm. you yes, know that? I did <laughs> And I had this book that arrived for me in, in the mail. And I thought, you know, I'm, ju- I'm going to enjoy this coming back home. So I took the book. And uh, I, I took, uh, you know, the cup of coffee, and, I'm, I'm, and I want to walk out onto the, tower, uh, onto the kind of back porch, to sit down and, and you know, in the backyard, we have the swing bench a couple of meters away from the mm-hmm. back porch, and I was just going to sit there and just enjoy myself, and all of a sudden I had this, like, this thing just came over me. I felt so nauseous and weak. My head started spinning. Like I had all the just fatigue just come over me mm-hmm. and i somehow barely i barely made it to the bench i, I managed to just sit and get myself sitting straight I thought, okay I'm, I'm still gonna do this <laughs> so i had this sip of coffee and i nearly like spluttered it out because it was disgusting mm. and i realized that all you know, my my taste buds was just shot by chemo and i was like maybe upset i was like am i going to be able to enjoy eating food or mm. drinking my favorite drinks mm-hmm. so I put that down I opened my book I remember opening the book and I, I can kind of see the words but they don't connect it's all like it's like a mess in my head and so I put that down and I just remember sitting It's just like face in my hands I remember thinking man how am I gonna live my life I went through all of this experience mm-hmm. I'm a mess mm. And, and there's another voice that was there in my head. I said, you know what? Did I really go through all of this for nothing? Through all of this treatment? Maybe this is another chance at life. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then maybe I can figure this out because I'm not the only one who's been through this. Other people clearly have. So if they can do it, maybe I can. And that's why I thought I'm, I'm gonna get answers. I'm gonna figure it out. And that's why I, frankly speaking, started I mean the simple against podcast to get answers for me yep. you know and that ended up obviously helping others because other people go through similar challenges
0: yeah and it's that sense of gratitude it's it's uh, um the perspective you look at the situation and like you you had this sense of gratitude that you've got through the, through things to that stage and then it becomes a matter of what do you do from that point do you uh, get involved in self-pity or whatever it is or do you say no uh, I want to take my experience and help others and here's if you like a second chance or whatever and to take that as a positive thing in your life rather than seeing it as a negative
2: and that's and that's so powerful Pierre. tell me what what's made the difference for you
0: um, well it's, it's changing the perspective for me um, and thinking uh, having hope and and being positive and uh, Saying I've got this and just get on with it and try and do the best you can, but it's not just thinking about yourself; it's about thinking about others and how you can use your own experience to help other people. And that's exactly what you've done, which is which I think is really inspiring. Um, before we get on to talking about the other two uh, or your books, if we can, uh, we might um, have a, a break uh, and have a break and play. A uh, as as you know, we uh, we come up with. Um, Uh, ask our guests to choose a piece of music or a couple of pieces of music (laughs) as a bit of an insight into them and joe you've chosen dinosaur by king crimson now do you want to tell us a bit about this song and why it's important to you and why you've chosen it absolutely because to me this song is about seizing the day it's
2: about possibilities it's about another chance at life Mm -hmm. and that's that's what i love about it
0: okay well let's share it now thank you
1: This is Amen You're listening to Radio Karm. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Men with Spirit. My name is Steve Angel. I'm here with my co-host Peter Anthony and today's guest is Joe Batmutsky. and we're talking about finding hope in times of uncertainty. Now, just before the song, we we heard a little bit about your story and there's been a lot of well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's been a couple of major milestone events that have really sort of shaken up your, your life and your perspective, and then you've had to sort of move through that. And, you know, and you are talking a lot about hope and finding hope through adversity and uncertain times. When we were speaking off air, and we were sort of doing a sort of pre-interview, you shared a really wonderful story about your grandmother and about Hope, and I really would like you to share this, because I think this really just encapsulates a lot about who you are as a person and why Hope is important for you. Do you mind doing that? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Absolutely. So, for me, I guess, uh, you
2: know, when this whole pandemic thing started, uh, I was on the phone with my grandma, who is... Um, the, the most, the, the wisest, the most incredible person I've met. And she's now, bless her soul, 97 years old, I believe. And I was talking to her on the phone about, uh, you know, about this whole pandemic thing and about the virus. And she said, you know what, I remember something similar happened in my life. And she told me she was, uh, you know, at the time when she was, uh, you, you know about the typhus epidemic mm-hmm. that took place in the 1930s, and my grandma at the time was a, was a medical student, and she was sent to this remote mountain village. Uh, that's what you know. Ukraine was part of United uh, USSR, and and uh, and she had no training. She had no uh, there no tools, no capabilities. She was just told to look after the people. And it was tough because people were getting sick with typhus. You know, my grandma nearly died from typhus herself. And there wasn't a lot of food to go around. And back then, the, like the quarantine measures, you know, it, they had these like red army guards Sh- around the village with a shoot on site orders if you try to leave. Mm. It's, it's just insane. I was, mm. And I was listening to all of that. <laughs> First of all, made me appreciate the lockdown we had in Victoria. And I was like, listen, I was going, oh, my goodness. And and I said to her, Grandma, how did you guys get through this? I mean, this is insane. And she said to me, you know, Joe, we had hope. We had hope that one day things will change. We had hope that one day Mm. things are going to be different. And it just struck such a chord with me because I realized that in my life, when I look back on my own struggles and my own difficult moments, that's what kept me going, Mm. this light of hope, hoping that something will change. And I wanted to take what I've learned in in, in my personal struggles and share that to, to inspire others to, first of all, find hope in a difficult time but also but also to build hope towards, you know, the hopes and, and, and ambitions and dreams that you might have, because we know that's not easy. And, and, you know, there's challenges that come up along the way, but also to share hope. How do we share hope with others who might be going themselves through a difficult time? So that's, that's how this, this, it really inspired this book, Finding Hope, in times of uncertainty a guide to thriving in a challenging world of today and that's how it made me inspired to to get through it and to share
0: that and when did you uh when did you write that so that would be two years ago okay Mm.
1: so you know you're, for those who 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 aren't uh, clear, what you're doing now is, you know, you're doing podcasting, you're uh, speaking, you're coaching, all through the experiences of your own life. Uh, and I know you shared just a little bit there about, you know, what hope means. But what is what is the message you're trying to share with people? What what do you want them to do differently in their life? I believe that we all have this incredible power to be happy.
2: to to seek greater clarity in in everything that we do, to show up at our best every single day to prove only to yourself, Mm -hmm. not to anyone else, to prove that you're enough Mm. and to hold on to hope that no matter how crazy things get, and they do get crazy, don't they? That things can and do change for the better. Mm-hmm. I really believe that hope it 's kind of like a like a like a bridge between wish and expectation you know it 's wanting for things to be better you don 't know what 's going to happen, but that 's what we aspire to do
0: you, so, no. I, I was going to say look do you have some particular spiritual framework or perspective beyond just life on this earth that uh, sustains you or uh, what are your beliefs in that regard?
2: I believe in being in the present moment. I think it's such a vital part of our lives. I've spent a lot of my life feeling all over the place, feeling distracted, feeling unfocused. I feel that the most spiritual thing I can do, Mm -hmm. and it's the most challenging thing as well, and something that I aspire to, and something that you know I do you know in my coaching. I aspire to to live in this moment, to be present, to be you know, feeling more alive, because it is in these moments I believe that we open up, we become more creative, we have the confidence to, to push ourselves further, to to you know meet different people we have opportunity to be more spontaneous so I love that I believe that that for me is the highest end of of spirituality and also the highest end
1: of service mm-hmm. Can I ask you something people often say hope is not a strategy um, because in hope there can sometimes be no action just this desire for something to change how in your in your experience and in your own life how do you enact change through that hope. What do you do? How do you move beyond that? Absolutely. So hope to me is is implicitly and
2: explicitly means action. Hope is is living with purpose. Hope means always some kind of movement towards something. And that is, a lot of it is, is about belonging to something beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe living with purpose, which is what I you know what this show I, I feel is is all about. That's what mm-hmm. you guys do as well. Is and living with purpose is I believe comes down to making a difference in a way that is significant to you. Because I believe that when we can give something beyond ourselves, whether that is in your community, whether that is with your family, whether this is with your friends, whether this is through a project that you are passionate about. That's when we we feel like we're not stuck. We feel like there's a sense of movement and we feel like you're moving forward. And that's what perpetuates this feeling of hope because you're constantly moving somewhere and you're going places and you're moving forward in life.
1: You know, you're, you're right about what we want to do with, with this show and the work we do. It's all very similar in nature in that we want to lift people's spirits. We want to lift, give people hope. But we want them to know that they're never alone um, and to take responsibility for their life as well. Um, and, you know, we share what we know. And when talking about sharing what we know um, and, and learning from others, what have you learned from your own Family, like, what have you learned from your father about you know being a, a, a human, but also being a man? What what did you learn? What did you learn from your mother? Can you share those things? Yeah, absolutely. From my mom, I have learned about
2: unconditional love. I felt I, I I've always had this feeling that that no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens in the world and life is tough, I always felt loved. I, I feel this is the greatest gift. Um, I, my mom's always given me and from my father i've learned um well i've learned nothing because he wasn't present in my life yes. he disappeared from my life when when i was uh three months old i believe mm-hmm. but for me the person who played uh, well, not who played who was my father figure is my grandfather yeah. so we lived with my grandparents and to me my my grandfather was always a person who embodied embodied a sense of responsibility even though he um he had you know a a full-on job as a doctor as a specialist doctor helping people he was always the kind of guy who did everything around the house Mm -hmm. he would be cooking he would be cleaning he would be you know uh, taking me to school or whatever and that wasn't a done thing you know especially back in the day mm-hmm. you know as a, as a man you did this as a woman you did that so to me it, it it was the sign of responsibility for your world for people around you for for being independent and that's something that I've carried through. It just became normal for me that that's something that I take responsibility for. Like you know, we're talking about responsibility. I know you guys are talking about doing this on this show and inspiring people to do that, which is incredible. And again, I want to thank you from the from the bottom of my heart for you guys doing that. So yeah, responsibility. That's that's one was another huge lesson I got. Responsibility on a frankly speaking, a very
1: personal level because it's different for all of us. Absolutely, and in turn. What do you want to teach your boys? I want to teach them that there is,
2: that there is always opportunities. That even in, 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 in times where you feel nothing is going your way. And you feel that, that things aren't working out for you. Because we all have that. We all go, go through that. There is, that you are always enough. That you're always you can figure something out. There's always something that might happen, and that's what I guess hope is. I want I want to share that and and just imbue that feeling of hope that it's not about denying and um, you know that there is lie life is tough because it can be and sometimes there is. but it's it's also hoping that things can change for the better and that we can have the strength to find our way and figure things out you know
0: and i think men in particular need a sense of hope and uh, i think you've put it really nicely um we you you can't be delusional we've got to recognize that life has its ups and downs but that sense of hope that things can turn around and you can have a brighter future is just so important and that's what's imbued in your books which i think is uh fantastic if what are you proud of like you know you've you've you know, you've written these
1: books and you know, we'll put links to on the show notes as well so people can find them as mm-hmm. well. There's one on this called Simply Cancer, um, which is about the journey of going through cancer and what happens afterwards, as you mentioned, and this one about hope. Um, you've got the podcast, you've got the coaching, you know, you've got family. What, when you look back, what are you proud of to, to this date of what you've done? I'm proud of,
2: quite honestly, what i just said is living in the moment Mm -hmm. i find that it's such an incredible like practice that i strive to live for each day because it means that i can give my best i can give my best whether that's you know when i'm working with someone one-on-one it means that i can give my i can give my best when i'm here with you Mm -hmm. it means that I, i i think this is the this is what gives us as humans, this incredible power to to be in our world, to take responsibility for what we do, to live with hope, to deal with distraction, to set boundaries so that we can be more engaged, so we can go after our dreams, so that we can keep going even when it gets tough. I think that's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes practice. I do it all the time, and sometimes I just have to like shake myself up and go, "Joe, what are you doing?" You know, this is another chance at life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, wake up, man. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, that's what I'm proud of because without that, without that, I know what the alternative is like. The alternative is you close in on yourself, mm-hmm. you get lost in uh, all the, the 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 noise that is out there. I know the alternative is not great. And I know that being here today is, I think, the
1: greatest gift that we can give ourselves. I have a question to ask, if that's all right, Pete. Mm, I know know you when you find yourself in those moments where, you know, you need to shake yourself, you know, uh, and say, Joe, Joe, you know, there's, there's more to it than this. Do you... I would love you to to share something with the listeners as to you know what is something that you do. Do you you know apart from just saying to yourself you know there's more to life here? Let's say that people haven't gone through that adversity that you have. They didn't haven't had cancer. Something that's really shaking them to the core, but they still find themselves in these low points in their life and they just struggle to get out of them. What what do you say to that? What what can they do? in those moments. Exactly.
2: I uh, Thank you for asking
1: that, Steve. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> what, what I do is I go through the process of finding my place of strength. Mm-hmm. And finding a place of strength is, is thinking back on things that you're proud of, things that you feel good about. Remembering the moments and saying, you know, where did I do well? Mm-hmm. Where did wh- what? was the time where, I, I almost gave up, but still somehow I kept going. Where? Did, what is it in my life that I'm proud of? What is it that's working well for me? What's wh- where? Like, what is my dream, and where am I going? Because we forget all that, especially in times when we are not in a good place. And reminding of what you are capable of because we are all capable of incredible Mm. things. And reminding of what's working well for you, what have you have accomplished, and giving yourself the credit you deserve, I feel
1: that's what can help us to turn it around. Great. Do you have something to add there, Peter?
0: Not specifically on that point. I was reflecting on um, uh, how useful your book is and how needed it is, the one on cancer there's an article in a journal called The Mail from July 2022. And they quote in this art. it's on uh, prostate cancer of men in, the, uh, in rural Australia, regional Australia. And they quote a few stats, but one of them was that um, they said that a study of men's help-seeking in the first year after diagnosis with, this happened to be on prostate cancer, found that 82% of men reported unmet Supportive care needs. So they've been diagnosed. They got through it, but in terms of following up from that, 82% felt, and this is in regional Australia, but I think it's prevalent in the regional in the cities as well. Uh, felt they didn't have the the right support they needed to get through it, and that's why your book, I think, is uh, I think going to be so useful, and why I really would encourage people to get hold of it and read it. But there were a couple of other statistics in it which I found found very disturbing, quite frankly. Um, a bit confronting. It relates just to prostate cancer. Um, and they're saying that prostate cancer affects one in six Australian men during their lifetime. So one in six Australian men are going to be confronted with prostate cancer. Now, that, <laughs> that blew me away when I heard that. And the other thing that really concerned me was that All men diagnosed with prostate cancer face a 70% increased risk of suicide death. Now, I checked into that because on the face of it, I thought, what on earth are they saying here? So I actually went back to the authors of the paper, and they said they did a study, and they were comparing those that had prostate cancer and the suicide rate after 10 years compared with the male population generally, and there was a 70% increased risk of suicide death. Um, compared to the overall population which again I think uh, goes to this issue of not getting the support and that's why when um, Steve said about getting you on and about the book and what you were doing I felt really um, uh, very very pleased that someone was doing something like this because so I think there's a real need to bring this hope and extra support to, pe- to men out there that are often facing these sort of problems alone.
2: And thank you so much for sharing that, because I think even knowing that these numbers are here and they are real is, is also, I think, inspiring to all of us because we know that it's a challenging time. And if you're a man who's going through prostate cancer, to realize that this is, yes, your journey is unique, but the struggles we share across so many of us that's what's so vital because that's what that's what brings us together, doesn't mm-hmm. it?
0: Yeah, and it's about supporting each other and and being open to uh, listen to other men's stories, and that's what we get so much um, uh, encouragement out of the, um, the work we do with men with spirit, and just being open to to let men express what they're feeling and and support them in that whatever it happens to be. We're running out of time, unfortunately, Steve. We could always look. You're too. really inspiring, Joe. I really would like to continue the conversation, but uh, we're running out of time.
1: <laughs> Joe, how can people get hold of you or of the books? Um, what's the best way to do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, I truly thank you. <laughs> appreciate for being here and truly love what you do, guys. And so, the way to um, find more about. Um, uh, myself the books is if you, know, if you want to find out more about cancer world go to simplify cancer.com that's simplify That's the book and the podcast mm-hmm. and about finding hope
1: is going to power to be happy.com we'll put those links in the show notes Absolutely. thank you very much uh joe from the bottom of our hearts, thanks. thank you mm-hmm. very much. You, I did tell you you had a lot of energy, yeah. didn't I, Peter? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just wish we, we had a... Uh, that we <laughs> yeah, could film of this a visual because. Thing, yes. <laughs> you, know, you keep it's that great. passion going. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's just bring this uh, show home. Uh, don't go anywhere because we do have one more song from you. Uh, so let me just do a few little uh, formalities here, Joe. So reminder everyone that the information and links and all our shows and uh, are available on the radio Karen website and on our Facebook page now if you want to attend any of our men with spirit gatherings uh, we do have um, gatherings in Frankston and in Gippsland um, please um, reach out to us uh, will the details are on our Facebook page which is at men with spirit or you can contact us directly at connect with men at men um, Joe, you have one more song that you're going to share with us. Do you want to just share what the title of the song is and why you chose this song?
2: Absolutely. It's the song called Blackout by David Bowie. And that for me is a song about somehow it's about being in the moment, about living your life, doing whatever is right for you. Even if other people think it's crazy or stupid, It's that's what it is.
1: Peter, do you have anything else you want to share before we wrap it up and listen to this song by David Bowie?
0: No, I just find uh, what you've shared with us very inspirational. Thank you, Joe. And uh, I think it'll give uh, a lot of men and their partners and the people that care about them uh, cause for thought. And I'd certainly encourage them to go and get, uh, get those books and uh, learn more of your wisdom. Thank you. Oh,
2: thank you so much. Thank you for your kind of word. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank so, you, right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, everyone, for Thanks listening. Soon. We'll be back on air next Thursday at four PM with our special guest, Tom George. And um, from Private C Wellness Centre. Yes, that sounds familiar uh, to a no, previous no, guest.
0: No. <laughs> no, I would say no relation, but actually is a relation. <laughs> there is a relation to yes. Tim George.
1: We're continuing <laughs> the story then. So to everyone out there, until next time, be true to yourself.